This is the Tribune Audio Network. Okay, hi. Hi. Welcome to Sip. Survive. And repeat. I'm Jenny. I'm Danelle. And I'm Kenny. And And this is a podcast about survival stories. Mm-hmm. And drinking drinking wine or sparkling water as I'm drinking today. Lame. <laughs> Kenny, what are you drinking? I'm just drinking water. I could grab a beer from the fridge right over there, I guess. Kenny, don't make me drink alone. <laughs> I'll, I'll grab a beer while you guys you guys discuss what Jenny's drinking. Oh god, I Jenny, don't even know what, what are I'm you drinking. drinking. Hold on, I gotta go out in the kitchen. Okay, so we're remote today because of the, the COVID nineteen. Yeah, the coronavirus. Um, here's some kids that I told not to disturb me. Hi, I'm just recording my podcast, guys. Um, no big deal. Okay. NBD. Okay. I just need to know what wine I'm drinking during this. My, my stepdaughter's maybe giving I'll, me a look. Maybe I'll pour some vodka in this sparkling water. Oh my Lord. Please do. All right. So I am drinking. I don't know if this is any good, but cause I don't drink white wine ever, but red wine has been upsetting my stomach. So I'm white wining it up. So I am drinking Impero Collection Premium. It is a Pinot Grigio Trebbiano. Oh. I don't know what any of that means, but it's a Pinot Grigio. Um, let's see. It says, product of Italy, very pale straw with a nose of lemon and apple. Very crisp in the mouth with crunchy pear and granny apple zest. Clean and fruity minerality through the finish that sounds good yeah it's nice i mean it's a it's a little off season because it's like i guess it's spring but um it's pretty it's pretty decent it it didn't cost a lot i think it was like 9.99 and i used a new app i used drizzly which is like okay it's um an alcohol delivery app so you can order like i ordered a six pack of beer because i like my ipas and then I ordered three different bottles of white wine to try. And then oh, someone showed up at my house. We'll How long did it take? How long did like, that take? I, or- like- I ordered it around like 4.30. And the first delivery window they had was between 7 and 8. Shut up. And the girl was at my house at like literally 5 to 7. Like she was there a little early. Drizzly, so yeah, okay. Drizzly, you guys. It's If they have it in your area, which I live in like Podunk, Ohio... Yeah, you live out in the Boonstick, so... <laughs> yeah, so I'm guessing you probably have it. <laughs> um, bad news for me, I just checked on our vodka situation, and I'm out. Oh, my oh. God. Terrible. So I know what when Todd and I are going to do a little grocery run tomorrow, Ooh. and that's going to be on the list. So yes. got to get that handled. Well, yes. good news for me, I did have a good beer to pick mm. out. Okay. It's called... Mind Bloom by Melvin Brewery. They're in uh, Wyoming. Ooh. Very good IPA, though. Very smooth. High percent for an IPA. Seven. So Nice. Good. It's good. Is it, ho- like is, it a ho- is it a hoppy one? or? Uh, not like the bitter hoppy. It like, has that okay. hoppy taste, but not too bitter. Very yeah. smooth, hoppy beer. Cool. I got the... I think I got the Southern Tier two times IPA. I think that's the six-pack I got when oh, I ordered from Drizzly. I love I like Southern Tier. Yeah. It's good. So, mm-hmm. anywho, so some of us are drinking. Um, one of us is not, but that's okay. We don't, we don't have to drink alcohol to be part of this group, you guys. No, you don't. So, and I just woke up from a nap. So, you guys, little, not ready to take it down yet. 
we're in social distancing <laughs> mode. We, I mean, what are we going to do? Um, yeah. I haven't showered yet today. I look disgusting. I look terrifying. Um, yeah. It's not, my looks. It's not pretty. As of late, haven't been great. Haven't been great. My skin's going to be amazing after this though. My skin I feel like is... I don't put makeup on. So yeah. my skin is just like breathing. My skin's going to be great. You know what else is going to be great? My eyelashes when I put mascara on them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I haven't had you mascara. You know, if you don't wear mascara for a couple of days and you put it on, it's so like your lashes are so strong and long and just, yeah. It's when we get back to work, I'm going to look great for one day. I know. I'm going I'm to look so refreshed. Get ready. Yeah, me too. <laughs> well, I was or just not. telling these guys, I've been working in our office at home and my dog is just like, blasting me with farts all day she's gassy <laughs> and my whole office smells like one big giant fart so I've got that going for me mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. so um so here we are here we are and I am I actually I get relegated to my bedroom when it's time to do conference calls uh because my kids apparently their YouTube uh, watching takes precedence over anything I need to do. So <laughs> I'm in my bedroom and they're out there watching whatever they're watching. So ta-da! <laughs> well, are we ready <clears throat> to go or? Um, yeah, I think we should get, get the step in. Um, mine is very historic. I didn't tell oh. Kenny what I was doing, so we can't ask him who goes first. So mine's very historic and a little bit more like spooky than it is mine's like... kind of spooky too well no not mm. spooky mine's not really mine's a little historic too why don't you go first okay <clears throat> you guys i'm i do have a cough during the coronavirus so i've i have self-quarantined i haven't really left the house except to go to the barn and see donna my horse my love so oh, sweet baby let me, let me just take a sip here of my alcohol mm. You can really suck down this white wine quick. That's yeah, and it gets to you fast. Like, white wine knocks me on my ass. It's great. Yikes. Okay. <clears throat> I look like a weird alcoholic. I should send you guys a picture. I'm in my bed with my computer, my phone, and then an unopened <laughs> bottle of wine because I got two of the same bottle. Anyway. <laughs> and it you looks have like a wine I'm... delivery service deliver wine to you. Donald, the, Donald, my husband, goes, who's here to deliver? We already had dinner. And I go, oh, yeah, that's just my alcohol delivery so and my he's like really oh drained. god he's like jesus christ my wife's done it again so anyway okay so i am doing hold on i gotta get to the top so i can say her name right marguerite de la roque she is the 16th century noblewoman who was stranded on the isle of demons Oh, Ooh. so this article is i i should have written down where i got it from it was I read a couple of articles. This one was my favorite because it was like gotten to the more spooky side of things. Mm-hmm. Um, but the gist of it is apparently I didn't know this, but um, the new land to French people was Canada. Okay. So Canada, you know, I didn't, I guess I don't know a lot about history. Maybe I'm just like a dumbass. but so like, you know how people in Canada speak French? Yes. I feel like France kind of put the claim on Canada and they used to call it like New France or the New Land in France okay. versus how the how the English called the New Land was America, but it was like 
the New England. Does that make sense? Yeah, I didn't know that, though. I know. I didn't either, and I don't know if I'm being totally accurate. I'm just, like, assuming things based on what I'm reading. So we know how that goes. It's not necessarily good. If any of you are historians and want to tell me that I'm totally wrong, let me know. But from what I gathered, the new land to France in the 16th century or the 1500s uh, was Canada. So um, this is a very interesting story. There's a lot of flowery words from this website. Uh, I will read you the first sentence of the article just because this is what drew me in and then I'll get into my story. The seas have long been the domain of fantastical, mystical lands lying somewhere over the waves and past the far horizon. Fancy. Fancy, Fancy. you guys. Fancy, pantsy. Yeah. So um, this is a story, like I said, of Marguerite de la Roque. And she was a French noblewoman who basically found herself uh, marooned on the Isle of Demons, um, which is an interesting story that she even got there because she was a noblewoman in France. Um, so it's strange that she ended up there. The Isle of Demons is a an island that li- lies off the coast of, hold on, it's in the Gulf of St. Lawrence off Newfoundland, which is Canada. Okay. I don't know exactly where that is. I did not look at a map. Terribly sorry. It I'm going to take showing- your word for it. <laughs> okay. It started showing up on maps in 1508. Um And it had a grim reputation because people said that it was cursed. And there was a lot of spooky lore and sailors were um, kind of afraid of the island. So when people would sail past it, a lot of times they would sail farther out than they needed to just so they wouldn't get close to the island. Oh. They said that there were demons and supernatural creatures, also tormented ghosts of people who had drowned in the Atlantic and evil spirits that were laying there to attack anyone who ventured too close. Um, so they, people who had passed close by the island said that they heard screaming, wailing, and shrieking from the entities that lived on the island and from within the forest that choked the interior. I obviously didn't write that part. Um, <laughs> um, they, people would say that they saw hideous creatures frolicking in the water and cruising under the waves close to the island cruising yeah just like under there acting i guess like terrible monsters i don't know i'm like okay um so again a lot of ships would actually take a wide berth i guess it's called so that they wouldn't have to get close to the island and hear all this like strange noise and like like screaming now, I'm thinking in my head, okay, it's the 1500s, like, everything apparently was cursed or, like, a witch had it under her spell or some shit like that. So I got to think in my head, like, there had to be some reason there was screeching coming from the island. There had to be some right. sort of animal that was, like, Like, there. explanation for it, yeah. Obviously, we will never know because it was the 1500s and we just shoot. We just, we just won't know. <laughs> and we weren't, good, the good news is, is we weren't alive back then. So. That is the good news, and we don't, and we don't have a time machine. We're working on it. So um, they also a lot of sailors that would pass by would clutch crucifixes to their chests as they passed it, and prayed that the source of unbearable screeches that assaulted their ears would not erupt from the dark woods to attack. So God. people were like really afraid of this island. Yeah, they were. Um, it was a place not fit for human ha- human habitation. It was a place of doom. Like, 
ridiculous. Okay. So it wasn't so like now a we're gonna, cute. It wasn't oh, a cute ahead. little island. It wasn't like a cute yeah. little island. And well, it was yeah. also off the coast of Canada. And I think it's pretty far up. I don't know. Again, I didn't look at a map. Not my smartest cold. Myth. So it's cold. And a lot of, like, some of the myths of the island also talk about the fact that, like, the island itself was colder than the surrounding areas. Like, it would, every night it would be, like, encased in this, like, fog that made it even colder than the surrounding areas. That's because it's haunted. So, okay. Exactly, exactly. So you can kind of get a visual of what this must look like. I'm thinking like an island with beach, but then like in the middle, there's a very dense forest with like screeching noises coming from it. And at night, it's just like covered in fog and is creepy as fuck. That's what I'm going with. So, great. All right. Marguerite de la Roque de Robertville. I don't know if I'm Ooh. saying any of that right. <laughs> um, it was very strange. Um, she was young. She was incredibly rich. She owned a ton of land in southern France in Perigord and Languedoc. Get it, girl. Um, get it. I don't know how she came up with all this money. Like, it must have been inherited, I guess. Because I don't think in the 1500s, like, women were just, like, no give, given fucking money for doing anything. Anything. They weren't given exactly. anything. No. Um, and I don't think she was married. So it was just, like... She was just rich, so she must have inherited it, I think, from parents. Um, so people were very confused, especially even now when we look back at this, why she wanted to risk her life aboard a ship full of ragtag New World colonists um, going to, again, the New World, which in France was Canada. Does that make sense? We all yeah. following along? Yeah. Okay. She's an adventurous. She wants well, to just- they gave a couple of they gave a couple of thoughts on why in this article. They said maybe she was consumed by the spirit of adventure. Great. Maybe she was trying to escape turmoil from back home. Maybe something was going on and she was trying to, you know, get away get from out it. Of there. Um, she may have had a yearning to pursue some business in the new world. Maybe she was a little businesswoman and we just don't know. Um, and then some people think that she just felt obliged to follow Jean Francois. So Jean-Francois mm-hmm. is, uh, it's not, don't worry, it's not a love interest. It's um, someone she's related to, but in articles it was kind of different. So some articles said they were cousins. Some articles said that um, Marguerite was Jean-Francois's niece. So they're related somehow, but whatever. Um, but anyway, people just thought it was weird that she wanted to go on a long and perilous journey on the sea aboard a cramped and dirty ship um, because she was like this little rich girl who had grown up carefree and in like the lap of luxury. So it was very strange, but she, she wanted to go. So she, she gets on the ship and they're again, it's, they're taking like um, Jean Francois, I'll, I'll call it her cousin. Um, basically was taking a bunch of colonists who wanted to live in Canada to Canada along with like supplies so like anything from livestock to weapons to you know ammunition it was all like packed up on this boat and going to the new world of Canada okay. um, so Marguerite uh, was on the ship too and she found a way to take the edge off any guesses on <laughs> how she did that alcohol no, she started sleeping with a guy. Oh, oh, well, yeah. <laughs> Get it, girl. Get it. <laughs> so 
So she was she was sleeping with a young man on the ship. His name was Etienne Gosselin. Um, history doesn't have a very good record of who Gosselin was. Um, there's theories that say he was a young knight or soldier. Some say he was a carpenter or a shipbuilder. And some people said he was just a simple deckhand. Um, there's been some rumors uh, that this like not knowing exactly what he was, was intentional by the royal family because they wanted to obscure his true identity and preserve the reputation in the face of this rather scandalous and embarrassing incident. So she must have been somehow related to royalty and they didn't want like who she was banging to get out because in that day and time, it was not appropriate to be sleeping with someone who wasn't your... Yeah, and she didn't care, which I loved. Yeah, who wasn't your equal like in society or before marriage (laughs) there were like a a lot of rules there were a lot of rules um so anyway so um regardless it was it was happening and it was like the worst kept secret on the ship like everybody Uh knew that these two were banging so (laughs) unfortunate for them because what happens next so jean-francois basically learns about this he's very upset and he the he decides he wants to basically um, maroon Marguerite on the Isle of Demons because of you know she's brought shame to the family because of her actions. A lot of people think though that it wasn't just the shame that he felt as being related to her. A lot of people also said that he's um, jealous. Well, I think he was jealous. I think that was part of it because back then I don't know like sometimes cousins could like get it together i don't know but like he was in love with her or whatever yeah but also he was um him and her had the same stake in the same plots of land so he figured if he got rid of her that he would inherit her plots of land and he would be even more oh. more, more wealthy so a That's lot of it was like it. a profit game but huh. i also feel like maybe a little bit like he wanted a banger because mm-hmm. i don't know that's just what i think um so anyway uh he waited a while before he knew what he was going to do. And then he decided the Isle of Demons was perfect. Um, it was deeply cursed and he knew that. Uh, so as they got close, there's different stories, but the story that stuck the most is that Marguerite was uh, marooned there. And then um, they let's see, it was said that Marguerite and her lover and her maid servant, Damien were all, left on the island there's other stories that say like marguerite left and then like the other two went to be with her but i don't know this i just feel bad for the maidservant yeah like what the fuck maidservant was a man oh no No. it was a girl it was okay it's i'm sure i'm saying it wrong it's damien damien oh okay because i was like wow this is very like um before her times, if she has a male servant and she's no, just like... No, I wish. Okay. No, I'm sure I'm just saying it wrong. But Damien? Uh, so the trio was marooned on the island. Uh, they were le- they did leave them with some weapons. So they had a few guns and knives, um, a few meager supplies, and then the Bible. Because, you know. Oh. Because that will... Yes. Amazing. <laughs> so I'm like, how can... I just don't know how anyone on this ship was, like, cool. But again, it's the 1500s, so I don't... I'm not in that mindset. I'm in a coronavirus mindset. I don't know what's going on. Kind um, of the 1500s. <laughs> it is a little bit. Um, <clears throat> so, again, there were stories that, like, 
Marguerite went on the island and then her lover like jumped in after her. But then I'm like, how'd the maid servant get there? Like she wasn't jumping in. She was like, fuck you, I'm going to Canada. Yeah. So <laughs> anyway. Um so they they tried to live on the island. Um, again, they did have guns and knives and things, so they could um, hunt small animals, and they picked berries, um, but they were under constant threat because there were wild predators on the island, and then again, the evil spirits and demons, so those were said to incessantly howl and wail in the wilderness. God. And many people said it sounded like the approach of 100,000 angry men. I'm like, how do you know what that sounds like? Right. You Does 100,000 angry men come at you? All right. That's fine. That's fine. Um, apparently, there's a book called uh, Haunted Canada 5, Terrifying True Stories. It's by somebody named Joel A. Sutherland. Um, so he talks about this group of three yahoos who are marooned on this island. And the biggest thing was they built a little shelter, but every night that fog would fall on the island. And again... I'm not a huge supernatural person. Like, I don't know if, you know, demons and dead things exist, like ghosts. I'm guessing it's a weather phenomenon that has to do with where the island is located, but let's pretend yeah, it's, super, probably, it's supernatural. Right? But, um, so every night they would, like, the three of them would get together in their little hut that they had made because they were terrified. Um, because once the fog descended, there would be, like, they could see, like, phantom shapes, that were like wandering around and they said they claimed they saw Ooh. red glowing eyes that would peer at them Ooh. from the darkness and they said the shadows of the twisted trees um were just like terrifying to see in this like fog because it was so thick and i know like if you do have a thick fog it can be very eerie like i get that it is yeah um so she said that um marguerite had said that she could hear large creatures that were she could hear them crashing through the brush so i think again there were a lot of animals that would come out at night that were nocturnal that would, like, you know, be searching for food and doing their thing at night. And these noble people weren't used to that. Like, they lived in like the, noble yeah, France. it's the 1500s, and it's not like they have lived in this area ever. So they don't know any better, right. I feel like. Um, they said they'd see unseen hands and claws that would strike at the side of their hut and try the boards, try and pry the boards free. And again, I'm like... Perhaps an animal was trying to because maybe they smelled Perhaps something they never smelled. Yeah. Right. And yeah, so it was just like a lot. Um, but what did Mar Marguerite would later describe what she heard as uh, they were under attack by beasts or other shapes abominably and unutterably hideous, the brood of hell howling in baffled fury. Again, I don't understand how people talk like that. I'm just it's very so pretty. It's very pretty, and it's just a long way to get to what you're trying to say. Now, if you're thinking, uh -huh. though, if you are Lots thinking... Lots of adjectives. Yeah. If you're thinking, though, that um, Marguerite and her lover stopped fucking, you're wrong. <laughs> Dead they wrong. They were still... They were... You were still... They were still getting it on. They were still... Well, what else is there to do? There's nothing to do <laughs> except for be terrified, hunt for food, and then fuck. And poor Damien. Damien? Uh, Damien? be there? Like, who was, who was taking care of her, you know? Nobody. She's on her mm. own. Mm. Mm -mm -mm. So, uh, unfortunately, the lover, I forget his first name, Goslin and Damien, uh, died of the harsh conditions oh. on the island, leaving Marguerite alone. And 
as a bonus to her being left alone, she had become pregnant. Oh. Oh, That happens a lot when you're alone. When you're alone. Well, she became pregnant because she was sleeping with Goslin. I know. And then, oh, so I, I thought you meant yeah. after that they died, she became pregnant. I'm like, oh yeah, no, because that I'm happens sorry. when you're not. No, she was, they were fucking so much. She got, she became pregnant and then, um, then they died. And then she was like, shit, now I'm pregnant. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> so, um, once they died, she ended up having to give birth by herself on this Island with the howling and the screaming. Oh, honey. Um, unfortunately the baby didn't make it a lot of which is attributed to the fact that Marguerite was probably malnourished from being on this island so she probably wasn't producing enough milk to sustain a baby like there was no way she was barely sustaining herself mm-hmm. um so it was really cold she was being tormented by all the the screaming and the screeching and the bears and the wolves and the the shit so um she did survive though because again this is called sip survivor pete um but here like one thing that i really liked is when it talked about hold on i'm looking for the little dilio um so she hunted animals with her guns and knives she fended off various evil hauntings in the landscape both real and supernatural all completely alone um so there was a story that she told that she brought down a great bear with her firearms oh. She then Damn. she then skinned the bear and used its fur for warmth. So like and to scare other people on the island. Probs, yeah. So <laughs> she basically like killed this huge bear by herself. I don't know how big of a woman this this Marguerite was. I mean, at this point she had to be kind of tiny. But she took down a bear, skinned it herself all alone and was like walking around with its pelt. Like its huge Damn. bear pelt, like a badass. She also um, fended off a pack of wolves. They had encircled her and wanted to feast on the corpses of her friends because she wasn't able to bury them deep enough. Oh. But she was able to fend them off with just a small sword that she had. So just like kind of a badass. Yeah, Um, she is. For two and a half years, she survived like this. Two and a half years. Um, In the 1500s. In the 1500s. Uh, basically just, like, finding whatever she could to eat. Again, it was very, like, it was northern Canada. Like, it was cold a lot of the Freezing. time, if not all the time. So, um, finally, by chance, a boat of Basque fishermen found Marguerite. And <laughs> I said, she must have appeared to them to be one of the very demons that was said to inhabit the <laughs> island. Right. She was, she was wrapped in the ragged skin of a bear. She was malnourished, she was unwashed, and she was wild-eyed from the constant hardships of living in the wilderness. Um, just just haunting the island. I'm sure she looks like a piece of shit when they picked her up. Like, I'm, not, <laughs> I'm not judging, I'm just saying, like, Jesus, I'm sure she looked terrible. Um, but the fishermen took her in, and they, uh, they took her back to France so that she could tell her story. Um, and Queen Marguerite de Navarre took particular interest in the tales. Um, and they were recounted in the book Heptameron. I'm sure I'm saying that wrong, which was published in 1558. Um, mm. It was a fantastic tale of romance, adventure, danger, and horror that became quite popular at the time. Um, and it was eventually uh, written about in a variety of works, including history such as Francois de la Belle, de Belle Histoire Tragique, 
and Andre Thevet's work Cosmographie, as well as later more fictional works such as the 19th century long poem by Canadian poet George Martin entitled Marguerite or the Isle of Demons. Um, my favorite thing is uh, Jean-Francois, uh, the cousin that had abandoned her on the Island of Demons in the first place. Um, what is that? I don't know. Is it Kenny, a haunted... Can, Kenny, I think Kenny's talking to someone and we can hear it. <laughs> Sorry, my, my mic was on mute and I hit it for a second and then... <laughs> Sorry. I was like, oh my god. Um... Okay, so Jean-Francois, uh, he went back to France after his Canadian drop, and um, there's never any, there was never any action taken against him once Marguerite returned to France, but, um, but get ready, because it was the 1500s, goddammit, and shit got real. Um, he met his end at the age of 60, and he was viciously beaten to death by an angry mob in Paris. <laughs> oh my god. And the fact that he lived until 60 is pretty, you know, like, remarkable back then. My favorite is every article I read never said why. I'm like, was he, he just, that, I'm like, was he that big of a dick that people were just like, listen, we're just going to take this guy out. Watch out. Yeah, he sounds like it. So, um, I mean, that's pretty much the end of the story. There isn't a whole lot that talks about how Marguerite lived the rest of her days. Um, but I thought it was just an interesting tale of you know, lust that got a little out of hand and then this weird island that people got marooned on and she being the one that, like, is used to all this luxury and, like, poshness in her life is the one that survives for two and a half years. And just, and then gets to go back home after all yeah. that. And then her cousin just fucking gets killed by a, an angry mob. <laughs> just beaten to death in the streets of France. Yeah. Way to go, France. <laughs> so, um... I just thought it was an interesting story, and I haven't done one from that long ago, I don't think. so. That's great. Just, yeah, that's an old-timey one. That's old-timey. <laughs> Old-timers. That's great. So that's my story. I've never heard of that. Yeah. I like it. Thanks. <laughs> um, I know whenever it's, like, super foggy around here, because I feel like where I live, it's in, like, a little – it's not in a valley or anything, but I feel like it gets really foggy back here, and it gets really spooky in the morning sometimes. So yeah. I can't mm -hmm. imagine a whole island being, like, covered in, like, a thick fog. That would be Like, scary. every night? Like, every night yeah. this fog just descends. So, yeah. Know. That's I'm what I got it. for you. <laughs> well – Mine's an old-timey one, too, and it's not your traditional survival story because you don't want her to survive, but she's a bitch <laughs> and she does. Okay, so this is the um, So this is Belle Guinness, and she was born in November of 1859 in Norway. Yes. And she is estimated to have murdered anywhere between 40 and 180 people. That's a big, wait, like... Can you, wait, can you say that again? She is estimated to have murdered anywhere between 40 and 180 people. They're not quite sure. Oh, my God. Oh my <laughs> so God. she was, I know. So she was born in Norway and then moved to the United States in 1883. So this is pre-1900s. Um, during this whole, her whole life, she managed to evade uh, ever getting caught or being uh, prosecuted or being brought to justice. So and she did this by staging her own death. So I'm going to tell you the story about her. Okay. And in, in a sense, she is a survivor, but not the kind we like to talk about. But I just, I thought the story was so interesting and good that I wanted to share it. So. Oh, I love it. Um, so we're now in the U.S. She's moved to the United States. And it is now the 
turn of the century, 1900, like the 19, 1908 or whatever. And she's already a widow after the death of her first husband. Was it a suspicious death? It sure was. Oh, he died of poisoning and obviously she did it. They, one of the articles I read, it said that she took, he had two life insurance policies out on him and the day that the one expired, the other one kicked in and that's when he died mysteriously. So I think Hmm. she got like both policies because of how it expired on one day and then kicked in the other day. I don't know. But so he's a goner. He's dead. So two years later, her second husband, she gets remarried, keeps him around for a couple years. He dies from a crushed skull in which she claimed he was reaching on a top, a really high shelf in the kitchen um, for a, oh my for God. a meat grind. Yes, what? I've heard of this woman. Have I know you? this one. Is this, I think I know this one too. Oh my God, Does keep going, keep going. Does she use a newspaper at any point? To help. Yes, 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 yep. yes, yes. Okay. And I, I have, I have her, I have one of her <laughs> classifieds, which is hilarious. Oh my god! Oh my god yes. This okay. one's such a so, crazy story. I, keep going. I love this story. <laughs> I know. I'm like, she's not a good survivor, but it's so interesting because she's just such a bitch. So, um, so he has a crushed skull, and she claims that he was reaching for the meat grinder on a tall shelf when it accidentally fell on his head and crushed his skull. So, uh-huh. N- uh-huh. husband number two's gone. So um, she has two small children from her second husband with a crushed skull. And she also has a foster daughter. Um, and all three of her kids di- died under mysterious circumstances while of her care as well. Mm-hmm. So even, even though when she was grieving and she just lost her children, and well, her husband first and then her children, she was always sure to collect the life insurance policy. That's like a dateline in the 19, early 1900s. <laughs> Perfectly there wasn't Dateline. Damn it. I know. There should have been. Um, soon after their death. So everyone had life insurance policies on them, and she would always collect. So obviously greed is her motive here, but she kept on killing that did not stop her. So she took out – Kenny, this is what you're talking about. She once – she would take out personal ads in the local paper, and here is one of the, like, ads that she took out. Cummingly widow who owns a large farm in one of the finest districts in L.A. Port County, Indiana, desires to make the acquaintance of a gentleman equally well provided with view of joining fortresses or fortunes. Oh, boy. No replies by letter considered unless sender is willing to follow answer with personal visit. Triflers need not apply. Yes. Like she's not even in triflers back then. I looked it up because I was like, what is it? Tr-? Like, I know what a trifler is in like a rap song, but like, what is a trifler in 1908? And it's just like a bum, like same thing as it is now. Like someone who doesn't like have any money or just so basically no bums need apply. So she would put these ads on the local paper and these guys would just show up to her house to like want to be with her and meet her and stuff. And whenever they would show up in response to the ad, she would rob them and then kill some of them. And she got exactly what she was looking for. And this, this went on for quite some time. Oh my God. Triflers need not apply. Triflers need not apply. Need not apply. So, um, Let's see. Da, 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 da. So she then met a man named uh, Andrew who answered her ad and disappeared he shortly trifler, after. He, he was not a trifler. a trifler. She took him in. They were dating, but he disappeared shortly after. And 
his brother, let's call him Bob because I don't really remember what his real name is and who it doesn't matter. He grew worried that he couldn't get in contact with his brother anymore. And he knew that he had met a lady, but he didn't know like what happened to him. So he grew worried. And then, um, Bob was writing letters to Guinness because he knew where his brother was living and she would respond to the letters and tell him, don't be concerned. Um, your brother has gone to Nor gone to Norway where I'm from to gather some things. He'll be back soon. Like he's fine. Everything just go away. Um, so Bob grew very suspicious of this. And before he could get in touch with local police in the early morning of April 28th, 1908, um, Guinness's Indiana farmhouse erupted in flames. Oh no. So under the burnt piano, were the bodies of three children and a headless woman everyone assumed to be Guinness. So oh, the police oh, arrive. Well, exactly. So the police arrive. There's this terrible fire in her farmhouse. And they're just like, wow, the lady that owned the house and her kids are all gone. Like, this is this is terrible. This is tragic. Um, it's tragic. So police believe that the fire was set by um, a hire, her hired hand. Um, his name was Ray. And mm. uh, he was still alive, but they believe that he was responsible for setting the fire. He was arrested and charged with arson and murder. But now remember, Bob had given her Guinness a heads up that he was coming to the farmhouse to investigate where his brother was because he didn't believe her. So Bob right. finally gets there and he talks to police and police give him this whole story about how like the handyman um, burnt the house down and, and they're all dead. And he was like, no, 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 no. This is not, this is not what happened. Like, here's my theory. Um, so he tells police, Bob tells police that Guinness has actually murdered his brother and set the house on fire to hide her crime because he'd mm. given her a heads up, which he shouldn't have. Um, so authorities don't really believe him, um, but they they're investigate like a anyway. A woman Right, they're like, a that. woman wouldn't do this. No. Oh. So <laughs> they do investigate and they soon find remains all over the farm. Uh -oh. including those of Bob's brother. Uh-oh. So amid the remains found, um, she had animals like pigs and a lake and all sorts of stuff on this farm. Um, so they did find remains under the hog pens. And how they noticed it is, is there were soft depressions in the land, meaning, mm. you know, you could just tell someone had dug there under the hog pens. Um, after briefly digging one of the depressions, a sack was found that contained two hands, two feet, and one head. Uh-oh. Um, immediate inspection of the land revealed that there were dozens of slumped depressions throughout the entire property. Jesus. And further digging and investigation yielded multiple burlap sacks containing torsos, hands, arms, hacked from, shoulders, from his shoulders down, and um, human bones wrapped with loose flesh that dripped like jelly, end quote. Ugh. Oh, um, I from also trash feel like, covered. how big was this woman? Like, how did she get this done? Was she super muscular? She was a big girl. Um, okay. I, I just... mean, she was, she wasn't like, she was she, like, I feel like she was a good size. Okay. And I, and she seduced these men and then over, you know, robbed them and then would probably kill them when they least suspected. I mean, who during this time, like no one, no one thought a woman would do this. Of course That's why not. the police were so, they were so quick to be like, oh, well, she's dead. Her kids are dead. Let's move on. Which man um, so did they, this? Let's find out. What, the handyman, <laughs> they blamed it exactly, on. Exactly, exactly. 
Um, in each case that they found on the land, each of the bodies, they had all been butchered in the same way. Um, the, the head decapitated, the arms removed and, at the shoulders and the legs and the, and the, you know, everything was cut up and their skulls were also had gashes and blunt trauma to them as well. The bones had been crushed at the ends and quicklime had been scattered over the faces and stuffed in the ears. And Ew. I'm not really sure what quicklime is. I think it disintegrates the bones or it does something for smell. I'm not really it's sure what. As far as I know, it does something for smell. Like it helps okay. like with the decomposition part. Well, this is the best part. So after finding uh, the parts of five bodies on the first day, an additional six bodies on the second day were found. Um, some in the shallow graves under the hog pens and others around the lake or the outhouse, you know, on the scattered throughout the farm. Police just stopped counting. <laughs> they just were I like, mean- okay. They just gave up. They're like, okay, this is like a serial killer scene. Um, They're like, we only can count up to 20. So we're, we're, so we're good. So while right. this, before all the discoveries were going on, the perception of Bell Guinness in the newspaper were just, you know, all the newspapers were writing like how great of a woman she was and how sad it was that her house was consumed in fire in the fire and that she had died and her kids had died. Um, but as soon as all of these discoveries were, discoveries were released clearly they all started to change their tune and it just looked as though clearly she had been a part of this as well um so let's rewind 12 hours before the fire started guinness had been to a lawyer she went to her lawyer to draft a will and basically she told a lot the lawyer that um she was afraid of her handyman ray and she was worried that he would kill her and burn her house down. Very specific. That is very um, specific. <laughs> right. <laughs> so she had kind of set Ray up, although he did have something to do. Ray did later admit that he did set the fire, but she had put him up to it. And that um, she had drugged and killed her children herself. And um, in fact, Guinness wasn't dead. And the lady that was decapitated under or in the house was in fact the housemaid and not uh, Guinness, and she had escaped. Uh-oh. Um, so let's see. Da, 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 da. So it com- they come to find out that Guinness had stolen over $6 million, and that's in our money days. It was clearly less back then. Wait, but that's say what that again? How worth. much? $6 million. Jeez, okay. In today's money mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. from her murder victim. So all the people she robbed when they would you know, respond to the ad or just in general. Um, Triflers need not apply. Triflers need not apply because the corpse in the house didn't quite match her 280 pound frame. So there you go. She was 280 pounds. Stop. Um, and her bank account was suspiciously emptied out the day before the fire. Um, mm. It is now believed that she survived and escaped. Up until 1931, uh, people claimed to see her, to have seen her around the United States. And once, even during an investigation for the poisoning of a death of an old man, they tried to link that to her. Um, she was never seen since, though. So she was in hiding afterwards. In 2008, a team of forensic analysis attempted to determine once and for all whether um, she had fled the fire, but DNA tests on the remains were inconclusive. Uh-huh. So really, to this day, they don't they don't truly know. They know it wasn't her, that body in the fire, yeah. but they don't know. They have no body evidence of whatever happened to her. Um, after her crimes came to light, the uh, farm became a tourist attraction and spectators from across the country 
uh, went to see the mass graves and the con- concession stands and souvenirs were sold on the property. Yeah. And the crime became acknowledged as part of an area history. And it is also a part of the Society Museum in LaPorte County. And um, let's see, there's also been at least two American musical plays that have uh, been produced based on the story. So that is the story of Belle Guinness. And there's so much more information on her, but I just wanted to give you the quick, like, you know, quick notes on it. But she was a psycho killer, but she did escape and she survived and she was out there for many years afterwards because they never found her body. So wow. there you go. I wonder, I wonder if she ever killed again after that. You know what I mean? Like once she escaped, like I wonder if she continued killing elsewhere or if she was kind of just like done. I don't know if you can be done if you're a killer. I don't I don't think you can be done, but I you know, that old man that they tried to connect her to, which they could never do. Mm-hmm. I mean, it sounds like she continued. They just they just never found her, so she was never caught. Wow. Crazy lady. Oh my god, I so, love it. That's one so of my favorites. That's one of my favorites. Was, triflers need so not apply. <laughs> I Todd and I laughed so for a long time at that. I'm like, triflers need not apply. Like she's very direct and knows what she wants. Not uh, triflers. Yes. I feel like that's what you need to do. I feel like that's what people should be doing right now on dating apps. Yeah. Don't apply here, trifler. Just don't even bother. Yeah, get the fuck out of here with that. Nobody wants it. Nobody wants it. Okay. Oh my Kenny, god, Kenny. can you lighten us up with some weird news? <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know if it's super light, but you know, it's weird news. <laughs> uh, a mother mistakes blank for candle during power outage. Oh. Mm, dynamite. Oh, exactly that's a right. Good one. No, oh, daddy. Yeah. <laughs> it was dynamite. Because everyone has di- a stick of dynamite laying around. Does she, she live, suffered, does she live in Looney Tunes world? Uh, she lives in Connecticut. <laughs> okay. She suffered severe hand injuries and a yeah. window blown out, but no one else was injured. Well, that's so, good. There was also another explosive device in the home that they got rid of after the police came. No one knows why there was dynamite in the house, though. Like, there's no, no explanation. Yeah, who, who has, has that just dynamite? laying around? Who has dynamite? Said, that's what I want to know. Is she a Looney Tune character? Yes. That's is she what the Roadrunner? Yeah. <laughs> like, did Acme come and drop it off one day? It's like Amazon, but different. She had a couple and anvils. In Connecticut. I feel like people in Connecticut are somewhat normal. I don't know. Maybe not. I mean, you would, think, you would think so, but apparently they have dynamite laying around that they can just light in case there's a power outage. All that poor hey, whatever woman. works. Oh, I just, well, I would, I, mean, I was also almost going to say, um, you know, the, uh, those flame things that you have, if you like, if your car breaks down, what are those? Flares. 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 Yeah. But that's like a flare gun. Do they have, no, they have flares too that you just put on yeah, the Yeah, flares, they'll just burn for like 30 minutes. Right. They don't no, blow up in your face. Dynamite. I'm just imagining her, I like, I'm hearing Looney Tunes music in my head and her like lighting it and then like it blowing up and her face being all black and her being like, I'm sure that's not how it went, but she was like, oopsie. I'm assuming there's a little bit more blood than you see in Looney Tunes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. probably. But in my head, after a very, very big glass of white wine, it's yeah, it seems a little, seems funnier. 
Good guess though, Jenny. I'm glad you I'm glad you went first because mine was gonna be like a penis or something stupid. <laughs> a dildo. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh my god, cool. I love it. All right. Well, this has been another episode of Sip. Survive. And repeat. We'll see you guys next week and enjoy Bye. enjoy your quarantine if you're in one. <laughs> Stay inside. Goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.